Welcome to another episode of Psychic Happy Hour. This week's guest is Thomas of Hermit's Mirror. Thomas and I had a wonderful conversation about tarot, using it as a tool for self-exploration, and we had a lot of fun together making this episode. Psychic Happy Hour is sponsored by SKT Training. Spencer King is a wonderful trainer and fitness coach, and he's also a really great friend of mine. If you are looking for someone to help you get back on track with your fitness goals, nutrition goals, and someone to help keep you accountable in the kindest and most loving way possible, hit up Spencer. He is amazing. Thank you so much for listening to the show and for all of your support. And on that note, here's another episode of Psychic Happy Hour. Welcome to Psychic Happy Hour. I am so excited for today's guest and uh, happy hour buddy. Um, we Today we have Thomas from Hermit's Mirror and Thomas is a, um, he is a coach who helps curious seekers who have become lost in spiritual wilderness find their path about back to self. I can't talk today, guys. So that's it. That's the episode. We're done. Um, guiding them through the unknown to help them explore their past, reclaim their present, and weave future fates. I have actually had um, a lesson with Thomas, and he is just super awesome and very knowledgeable in the realm of tarot. So I'm excited to have him today. Thomas, welcome to Psychic Happy Hour, friend. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, um, I promise I haven't been drinking, um, <laughs> even though this would be the appropriate place to do it. Right, I just, right. you know, I can't talk today, so we're just going to roll with it. So, Thomas, let's let's just kind of dive right in. How did you get started with tarot and find that as your path and your calling? Yeah, so when I was a little kid, my mom and my sister would have sort of psychic dreams. My mom would learn to read coffee grounds. Um, and I was just sort of, you know, just a kid <laughs> observing, not really very knowledgeable. And then my sister got into tarot. Um, she went off to college. I inherited her bedroom, including her bookshelf, which had a tarot deck on it. And so at the age of 14 or so, um, I picked up this Italian version of the Rider Waite Smith and, you know, just like started looking up different meanings. Um, Obviously, the internet was not super big back then. <laughs> like the World Wide Web did uh, exist by that point, but not for very long. So uh, I had to look at books and things like that um, and slowly created my own little booklet of meanings, if you will. And they were totally useless. Uh, <laughs> so I read very badly for many years. Yeah, so I would end up with these very introspective readings and then uh, try to figure out some predictive ones. I would do like ritual Halloween readings that ended up being incredibly accurate, but I didn't like understand it at the time. I had to come back later <laughs> and see like, oh yeah, that card meant this, that card meant this. Um, and so in the years since, I have connected with more folks and more reading. And then these sort of four or five past years of being on social media really expanded my repertoire and my vocabulary and just the ways that I have begun reading tarot beyond just the writer Waite Smith and a booklet of sort of useless meaning. So it's been really exciting. What was it like coming out on social media? Did it feel kind of, uh, was it like a moment of vulnerability or did it just feel right to just share what it is that you do and who you are with the world? Yeah, so that's only happened more recently, actually. So I created Hermit's Mirror um, to do 100 Days of Tarot <laughs> because I had seen a friend of mine doing 100 Days of just whatever posts um, and one of them was a tarot card and I thought like oh I should just do 100 days of tarot be out there in like a social media setting under just sort of this pseudonym if you will and I didn't have my profile picture didn't have my name 
Um, a few people who followed me at the beginning will know that I had a different, like a pseudonym name that was clearly a pseudonym. I wasn't trying to pretend. Um, and uh, yeah, it is only very recently that I've posted to my personal site to like invite people who follow the like everyday aspects of my life yeah. to follow me um, on Hermit's Mirror. And most don't, like most of the people who I know are not super interested in tarot. Um, I mean, most of the people I know in my like everyday life. Mm -hmm. Um, but those, you know, they're supportive enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then some of them are actually quite interested. So yeah, that's amazing. You know, we do a lot of kind of conversations regarding, you know, coming out of the spiritual closet and, and what it's like kind of sharing that with the world. Cause sometimes it can be a little scary because people certainly have their own kind of viewpoints on spirituality and what all of this is and what it does. And so it's, it's always interesting to hear about people's journey with it and, and coming out. Um, what, where was the inspiration uh, behind Hermit's Mirror and where did that come from? Yeah. So when you uh, create an Instagram account, you have to create a username. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember one of your recent guests also had this problem um, of just creating something and then it's stuck. So I'm a life path nine and the hermit is the ninth card. And the moon is the mirror of the hermit um, as being the number 18, which becomes nine. So the hermit and the moon are both sort of associated with life path nine. They have similar themes like light in the dark and guiding the way and things like that so i really leaned into that the mirror being the moon or sorry the moon being the mirror of the sun um and it just sort of stuck like i decided okay i've had this for six months i'm going to create a business name that uses this i'm sort of sticking with it i have gone back and forth many times about it um and then right as i was about to change it to something else um this was last year at the to say either new moon or full moon in Pisces, one of them. Um, my mom texted me my birth time, which I had misread on my birth certificate um, as being AM and it was really PM. And so we can talk about why I would possibly misread that if you're interested, but it's a stupid story. Uh, but it <laughs> totally changed my natal chart, right? It flips everything upside down, changes your rising and my moon sign changed. So I became a Virgo moon and Virgo is associated with the hermit so I was yeah. like well now I have to keep it <laughs> you I feel like that's like a, the ultimate sign from the universe right? right like that's pretty powerful I am a Virgo sun and I very much identify with the uh the hermit card nice. but you had mentioned life path number that's a new concept to me tell me tell oh yeah me all about that okay well I'm I'm not the expert on that but um, if you take your birth date uh -huh. um, and you add up the digits, yeah, you will get, you know, and you do the Pythagorean numerology of breaking it down to a single digit. Okay. Um, you will get a number one through nine, and that is your life path number, which is oh. associated sort of like your sun sign of like, oh, what is it? That's sort of the overriding theme of my life. Oh. Um, so, you know, some of them will tie in fairly Obviously, with numerology, if you're familiar with that, like one is more of an initiator, three is more of a creative. Um, I think eight, maybe someone who's like always striving and ambitious. Six is like a mediator or nurturer or something like that. Uh, but nine is the guide, which is very fitting for the hermit um, or the teacher, right? Um, and that has certainly been part of my career, all of my careers, um, teaching and coaching. That's amazing. So what is your favorite thing to coach or teach? Uh, well, I love helping people improve and refine and explore their own divination practices. Mm -hmm. So getting deeper with tarot, as you and I have uh, done, um, but also bringing in new methodologies. So um, the first tarot deck that I created, the Lifeline Tarot, involves a layer of scrying. So the images are created by single line art um, and they're messy and they're jumbled and there's a lot of blank space. And so it's designed to be a tool for tarot, but then also for those who are more intuitive and want to just scry into the abstraction of the imagery, it allows you to scry as well. So it's like a two in one. 
Um, and then the next deck that I did had a similar thing where it's the lifeline Lenore Oracle. And there are three different divination methods mixed into one, Lenormand, Oracle, and playing cards. And so I really enjoy layering, mixing in, um, you know, using runes alongside Oracle cards, alongside tarot cards, alongside candle, pyromancy, like whatever it is, you know, there's a way to incorporate it. And everyone is better at some than others. They just often don't know about all of them. That's a lot of really cool information. So what would you say to somebody who is wanting to kind of start getting into tarot, but maybe the card meanings are uh, intimidating or learning kind of how to put together a spread might be a little like a little much, what would you recommend to somebody who's just getting into tarot? I would encourage them to look at the pictures, assuming that they have a picture-based deck uh, and tell the story of what's there, right? They don't need to memorize a bunch of keywords that may or may not have anything to do with the imagery in the deck that they're using, since most most decks are image-based. And just start from there. Like, how does a card make you feel? when you first see it, like, does it make you feel nervous? Does it make you feel excited? That's sort of an overarching layer um, to the, like the, the mood of the reading that you'll be doing or the story that you would be telling if you're pulling multiple cards. And then are there, you know, is there some sort of uh, scene going on either one scene or multiple scenes Uh, and just how do those cards connect in a very natural, intuitive way without having to worry about keywords. I think keywords are very powerful. I think these sort of prescribed meanings that a lot of us put to the cards are very powerful, but it takes a lot of practice and nuance to use them with the flexibility that they're um, most useful when you apply, right? Like you can say, oh, this card means this in every setting, But if you've asked a question that has nothing to do with that setting, you need to be able to translate and adapt it. And I find that a lot of people struggle with that if they haven't developed that kind of um, sort of linguistic flexibility, if you will. Um, So the imagery is always there. You can always go back to that. You don't have to memorize anything. Do you ever, so you are super experienced with tarot and you um, are very knowledgeable and you can tell not only in the way you speak, but just, you know, your content and what you post and how you, you teach it and you choose your words. Do you ever, do you ever watch like some of like the newer tarot readers on like TikTok or Instagram and watch a reading and like, it's, um, it, and, and you can tell like that person is like, you know, they're kind of new or they're just, they're just doing it and they're just getting out. Like, do you ever watch and go like, ah, yeah, maybe that's not actually what that card means. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, there are definitely readings that have nothing to do with what the card means, but that doesn't necessarily make it an inaccurate reading. Sure. the cards are just tools for divination um, and psychic knowing or intuitive yeah. insights of some other way. And so there are times when I will literally see a card and read it as if it is another card because my brain has just momentarily like collapsed and I'll be looking at the five of swords and I will give it the seven of wands meaning because for a second, my brain thinks like, this is the message. The card is a piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> the piece of paper is ultimately not meaningful. That's what we're pulling out of it. Um, You know, and I'll realize afterwards what I've done, but then I also recognize, like, I know these cards very well. It's not that I miss saw it. It's that, like, I was supposed to be thinking something else. Um, And I just pulled a card that wasn't as conducive. (laughs) So, uh, you know, my brain, you know, temporarily just replaced it. Yeah. There's this, like, wave of new tarot readers and psychics it's hitting social media and you know it all kind of happened during COVID and spirituality is just taking this huge kind of massive um jump and it's like it's just continuing to grow and there's really no end in sight I was reading this interesting article I think it was on like Forbes I forget where I have a man horrible memory too many drugs in my (laughs) 20s but like, or just, or just the right amount, whatever. Um, but, but the article was saying how pretty much like psychics and tarot readers and mediums are like the new life coaches, which is very interesting to me. And, um, you know, 
with some of these kind of newer developing uh, uh, practitioners who do, I mean, a lot of them, you can tell, I think, in my opinion, like they do have really good gifts, like perhaps maybe they're, they're just need some help finessing. And God knows I have been in that category and I think some days I probably still am, but, um, but, you know, do you ever, do you ever like want to reach out to someone and be like, Hey, let me help you. Like, do you ever get that? Or do you have really good boundaries? <laughs> uh, well, no, I would not reach out to critique someone else's reading. Cause I do think it is a journey process. I yeah. do obviously put myself out there as someone who can help <laughs> yeah. people who are struggling to learn how to read. Um, but I find that I, I'm, I sort of best serve the people who have done the initial work like they've laid their foundation um, or they're really solid studiers and they're like really eager to learn and they just can't learn fast enough. And those are the people who I can really help. Like I'm, I'm too uh, contextually oriented too sort of like in the weeds for someone who is just starting out people who take my (laughs) intro class, if you want to call it an intro class, read tarot like a nerd will tell you like it is mentally exhausting all of the things that they are (laughs) learning in that class but you know the people who are not new to reading are learning lots of things through it and they're finding like oh this is a piece that I'd read about like three years ago and totally forgot about now that I see it in action like I want to bring that in or knowing how we can apply it in a reading it doesn't seem so scary anymore so I want to bring it in Um, and you know, for, for people who are still like getting their feet wet and just getting comfortable Mm -hmm. stringing a sentence together, (laughs) using cards as their prompts, like that's, you know, that takes courage to do that in public. So I applaud them. There are definitely times when I think like, I don't know how you got that out of that card. However, I do know that we do get things that were not meant to be in that card. Um, but we were supposed to receive in some other way whether that person is receiving such a message uh, live on camera for an audience on TikTok, you know, that may be up for debate, but I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt that like they're tapping into something and they're practicing something and that they are fine tuning their antenna <laughs> and their vocabulary. So, so what you're saying is, is that if I get a, tarot reading pop up on my tiktok for you page and they tell me my ex is coming back (laughs) are they is my ex coming back thomas uh no (laughs) your ex is never coming back (laughs) right i see that and like and like no shade to any practitioner because i think everyone's on their own journey but i see some of those videos and i'm like please don't i don't want i don't i don't want my ex to come back like i'm good (laughs) i'm good please don't don't do that to me yeah um yeah the ones that say like if you see this in your feed this reading is for you like if it's someone that i like and i'll be like yeah sure if it's someone who i've never seen before i'm like that's really fucking presumptuous (laughs) (laughs) you don't know me (laughs) yeah it's like the algorithm found me not you right um so yeah i don't need my reading from an algorithm however uh i am you know if it's someone who i know i will watch and see like is there something for me um in this and if there's not that's okay yeah it's such a weird like balance with tiktok because it's like you are like competing with an algorithm Mm -hmm. so there are certain like and i have you know i have no no qualms about admitting this like i intentionally say hey hit like leave me a comment hit the copy link i'm I'm not dumb i know how this works right (laughs) but (laughs) but like but you know, like you're competing with an algorithm at the same time, like you really are just trying to get like a message out there for someone who needs it. It's this mm-hmm. weird, like slippery slope, but like really what gets me though, is like the people who are like, if you like this, you can claim this message and oh, yeah. the message is yours. And you're going to wake up with a million dollars in your bank account. Like, don't do that to people. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that to people. No, that's where ethics are important. Right. So how do you, how did you kind of decide well, I guess not decide. How did you, <laughs> how did you kind of learn about ethics and, and reading? Cause that's a super important topic that I feel like ethics is like the non-sexy side of this work, Yeah, but it like, it needs to be talked about. How did you kind of learn about ethics and readings? So I am a litigiously nervous person. 
um i won't so, i won't talk very loudly or make any sudden movements yeah yeah no, um <laughs> so i'm a taurus son and so i am very conservative in the way that i approach anything that might have to do with money uh so if i'm offering a service like it needs to be legally backed up <laughs> in some mm-hmm. kind of way yeah. so that that was an easy basis for me to say like okay i understand why the four entertainment only clauses are in place for certain states um i'm going to make sure that i include that in my like legal language my terms and conditions i'm going to explain why i don't think this is like funny work right uh, and I think it's still spiritually valuable, but within the context, like I cannot guarantee, you know, that I can speak with your ancestors. I believe that I'm communicating with them. I don't know that we've lived past lives, but I believe that what I am seeing here, like when I'm doing a past life reading is a scene from your past life that has relevance for you today. I can't guarantee it. And I think that being able to make those distinctions of like this is what i believe just like someone who is going to church believes that they are getting you know the blood and body of christ or whatever in their eucharist um right like you can't promise someone that that's actually what's going on Uh, and there are plenty of people who don't believe that that's what's going on but i do you know i use those sorts of um concepts to say like okay within the you know either suspending your disbelief or within your faith practice, or, uh, you know, there's a psychological metaphor for what we're doing here in a magical or spiritual way. Like the readings that I do for people, I involve my own spirit, but I don't require them to have any sort of particular faith. Uh, All of the readings have a real life psychological value to them, right? They have, there is that sort of coaching element of, this is what you can do. This is how you can better understand yourself. Here's how you can plan for the future. Um, Because whether or not it's magical, ultimately at the end of the day, it needs to be useful. And so that's what I try to provide to people is the use that they're either expecting or open to um, either getting very clear guidance and moving forward, better understanding the past or like present things that they're going through. Um, or just new things to explore for themselves. And so that's how I, you know, I try to couch everything within that language of like, here's what I know to be true. These are the meanings that these cards are associated with. This is what I see in the cards. Those, that's just facts of you know, reality. Here's what I believe it to mean in a way that I can't necessarily um, back up and which I you know, can't legally promise you. But I think it can be really useful if you then take that and apply it in these sorts of ways. And I think that there are boundaries like, um, you know, financial promises, medical promises, those sorts of things. But I have done readings for women who want to get pregnant about their pregnancies. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a way of sort of, you know, finding those boundaries of like, I can't give you medical advice, but let's explore options that may be available to you that you can, you know, do more research into and talk with your doctor about. And so um, that's, you know, inviting that person to take responsibility and accountability for what I'm saying without taking away their ability to like determine their own fate. Right. That's sort of the key ethic line. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's this, again, amazing wave of younger spiritual practitioners and, you know, and I see their videos and and I'm cheering on every single one of them. Um, but it's funny because, you know, you'll see someone pop up and they'll be like, you know, like, oh my God, you're going to win so much money. Or, you know, like I'll go into the lives and they'll be giving like health advice or telling people like, I saw one practitioner tell someone like when they were going to die. And I was like, what are you doing, ma'am? <laughs> yeah. Stop doing that to people. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I have, so like before I started doing readings, I had like 16 or 17 years of management and HR experience. So I was like, well, at least, you know, I know how to talk to people at least. Um, But, you know, I've definitely seen some practitioners and I think it's all, honestly, I think, okay. I think 80% of it is like done with really good intention and wanting to help. Then you know, you've got like the kind of like that shady 20% that's like, you know, one question for $5, like that very like carnival fortune telling style of, you know, psychic readings and tarot readings. Um, But, but, you know, I, 
I wish that there was, and I think there is, I think I say that I wish, but I, I know that there is, but I wish it was like a little bit more um, dominant, the kind of like the unsexy stuff of running a spiritual business and doing readings and taking people's money and like, kind of like, you know, how to ethically give a really good reading, but also like, if you're running a spiritual business, like what do you need to know about like an LLC and a doing business as, and like all of this kind of stuff. Cause um, I feel like a lot of practitioners are going to be really surprised when they start paying taxes yeah. on, <laughs> on their PayPal and Square transactions. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. There's so many books on how to channel and how to connect with spirit and how to do readings, but like there really needs to be like a really, and, and again, I'm sure there are, it's just the unsexy side of things, right. Of like, you know, this is a book of ethics and like a code of conduct, please follow. Don't tell people to leave their husband or wife. Like, yeah. like <laughs> don't encourage a divorce unless, you know, yeah, it's super funny. So funny, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and that is actually where I got uh, some of my language from. So Benabel Wen, mm-hmm. she's incredibly intelligent, a lawyer um, and very skilled tarot practitioner um taoist sorceress like all of these things right um she provides a sort of template for people if they are curious and so i did take a lot of that as the basis for what i was doing and then i worked in like okay i do think it's important to contextualize it with like here's what i believe yeah Uh, right or like what are you actually getting out of giving me money um and yeah a lot of people don't read it i'm sure (laughs) But, yeah. you know, they've at least like signed on to it. And I think in everything that I do, they at least know that like, okay, I'm approaching it with thoughtfulness. And even if my TikToks are sometimes stupid, right? Like there is that balance of, okay, here's, here's the purpose of this thing within the context of my other work. Like you can, you know, that I'm approaching it seriously, uh, psychologically, thoughtfully and carefully. Uh, and with understanding of like how this might actually affect your life because that's the really like that's it's not that you can't see death in the cards because sure. you, you can right and like right you may have had those moments i know that i have where i'm like mm, this is not a great situation for you but it's not going <laughs> to help you to know um in this case right like there may be times when it is helpful for someone to know because they need to plan um but it's not like they can do a lot with that kind of information other than just enjoy every day of their life, which you can tell them without telling them like, oh, like this situation seems sort of, um, or not even this situation seems bad because you could give them that advice. Like, I don't get a great feeling from this particular thing, right? Um, But if you, I don't like someone's animal dying. Right. Like just asking them how their relationship with their pet is because their pet seems very important to them right now in this particular moment. And so you can you can give them the information that they need without necessarily giving them the fear that's not going to help them control or change an outcome. And again, I mean, it, I, I should also say that I've seen what I thought was death in a cart and it hasn't been. So I'm glad that I haven't said anything as well. Right. It's not like uh, if you see it, it's always happening. Right. It's just that sometimes it does happen. And that wasn't really the point of that card. Yeah. Have you watched Archive 81 on Netflix? No. What is that? Oh my God. So I am, <laughs> so I was, I was so hooked. I don't, I don't have a ton of time in my schedule to binge, but like, it was so good. I made time to binge. And so it's about this, um, this girl who goes to this, um, apartment building community in New York to like find her mom and you find out well let me back up it's about this guy who is hired to restore some old like camcorder tapes and on the tapes it's footage of this girl going to this apartment building community in New York to find her mom okay. and um, the camcorder footage takes place in like the mid 90s so it's a lot of just awesome nostalgia and um but anyway so she's in this building and it's a building filled with like spiritualists and psychics and witches like i'm gonna move there like right away and um in like one of the first episodes this she meets this woman that lives in the building 
um, because she found out her mom used to live in this building. So that's why she's there. She's trying to find her mom. And um, the woman like pulls her in and she's like, oh, come in, let me give you a reading. And she's pulling tarot cards and like, the third card is death and like the music gets like really kind of like eerie and creepy and um and like the 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 reader goes oh that has a lot of different meanings (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it was so funny and because i've definitely had those moments as well where like death comes up and like you know if a client can just happen to see my cards um, which only typically happens if I'm in front of them because typically I'm reading in front of a screen. But yeah, it's so funny. I have like the same reaction. Like, don't worry about that one. That one's fine. <laughs> but it was super funny, funny, relatable moment. But it's it's nice to see this kind of um, mainstreaming of tarot and crystals and all kinds of spiritual stuff. In um, I live in near Seattle in Tacoma. And we have so many metaphysical shops that are just starting to pop up. So it's super cool. Um, What are some of the ways that you like to keep your spiritual hygiene in check? Mm. Um, So before reading, I will do a grounding and clearing ritual. so a lot of times people think like, oh, okay, like that's sort of extra. You don't need to do all of that, which is true. You don't need to do all of that. However, <laughs> <laughs> if you've been burned before, you know, like sort of worn out by a reading or um, you feel like you're sort of unsure about the person for whom you're reading, it can be a useful <laughs> uh, extra layer, right? Of energy between you and them. And I believe that in tarot, we're sharing energy with the person for whom we're reading. So if you're sort of like swapping energetic spit, if you will, right? Like you want to make sure that uh, you've checked <laughs> on everything or that you at least have protection in place, right? So Uh, That's why I do that. Even though it's a little bit extra, it may take five minutes beforehand. Very much worth it. Um, So I'll do a variety of things. Like I'll have a bowl of salt that I then flush down the toilet afterwards. Uh, You know, not a lot, just some. Uh, I will um, do the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, but my own version that does not involve sort of sketchy, non- uh, Jewish folk creating Kabbalah, <laughs> uh, because I don't associate with those, the terminology that they use anyway. Um, and the people who came up with it, you know, have sort of questionable backgrounds <laughs> of appropriation. Um, and so I just have translated it into my own thing. Um, sometimes I'll like have a circle of thread because I'm very string and thread oriented in my work. Um, so just different kinds of forms of barrier. Um, and grounding in reality I think most of what it is doing is making sure that I'm present I'm in the moment I'm focused I'm not distracted by the 18 other things that I could be doing in that exact same moment in time Uh, and then you know it just helps me dial into that person practically as well as spiritually if it's doing anything spiritually which again I can't guarantee but I believe it to be true Um, so those are the things that I typically do Um, I I will occasionally do more like long-term things that are not specific on a daily basis or on a reading basis. Um, Like I take the season of cancer off of social media Mm. um, because that's the sign of my North node. And I feel like that's a good time for me to go inward and do my own inner work and not worry about what's going on elsewhere. Um, And I'm trying to think what else I do like a, a, clearing of different rooms um, before every new moon um, and energizing before every new moon. And those are sorts of the the basic things. I mean, I guess they're not basic. They're sort of complicated, but (laughs) they they don't take up too much time. Yeah, that's amazing. So speaking of um, readings, Thomas, would you give me a reading? I will. Yes. Are you excited? I'm so excited because I, we did coaching, but, um, I haven't, you haven't read for me before. So I'm really excited. And I love, I love 
getting like I love getting <laughs> it's ridiculous <laughs> it is very fun I think uh for those who have not gotten a reading before um treat yourself right like it is a nice period of time where you can just like focus on you and have someone else paying attention to you uh and yeah you have to pay for it but <laughs> yeah I mean, or not maybe you have generous friends um but uh you know it is definitely worth doing periodically you don't have to do it all the time certainly but uh, if there's something pressing or you just feel like i need a little attention on me it is a good opportunity i always need attention <laughs> Um, all right. So what are you curious about? What are you looking to know more about? Let's focus on, let's focus on career. That's kind of been top of mind lately. So let's, let's see, let's see what we've got. Okay. Uh, anything in particular about career that I mean, you're curious about, like something new coming, how your business is doing? Um, you know, I'm going to be that client. Let's just see what comes up. Right. You know, that is an option. Yeah. So um, as I'm shuffling, I will uh, describe sort of my normal thought process or reading process to folks who are listening and to you, right? Like figuring out what it is the client wants and they may not know, they may just know career. Um, and uh, not, not necessarily figuring out what they want in terms of like what they want the answer to be, although it is useful if they know that. Um, but instead to think about like, what is it that they, what information is it that they're looking for in order to take action in their lives? Like that's how I see divination, right? It's information gathering. And so what can you be doing um, with that information? Maybe you're just receiving it. It's like fun facts, or maybe it's something that you actually want to like plan your future around. So, all right, uh, Travis, when you feel like the cards are sufficiently shuffled, and tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. And do you like the cards cut in the middle, near the top, or near the bottom? Oh, uh, near the top. Okay. It was a very thin cut. <laughs> <laughs> I think one card wanted to. Oh, it's a very clear answer. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Okay. We have the King of Cups, the Four of Swords, the Ace of Wands. So this is just three cards to see like, what is the story um, that I am seeing before me? Um, so I'm sure you can picture the King of Cups, the Four of Swords and the Ace of Wands, but if you can't. Oh my gosh, that deck is, is beautiful. Is this so your this new is, deck? Yeah, this is the new Lifeline Tarot Color Outside the Lines. Um, yeah, so. Uh, I will be happy to send you a photo of these afterwards. Uh, but, right, you have the King of Cups, who seems very you, someone who's very in touch with their emotions, with their psychic insights, but is balanced. They're not, like, totally losing themselves. And you are looking forward to a little bit of rest, <laughs> some <laughs> meditation, some time away, because there's something new and exciting that you're uh, wanting to birth into the world with this Ace of Wands, right? There's some new creative project, that is just waiting for you to give it time. Mm -hmm. um, perhaps you haven't even thought of it yet. It's still like half formed in dream world, right? This, this four of swords does suggest um, the need to pause so that you can get your thoughts in order. But once you've done that, there is this exciting, passionate new start to something that is just waiting for you to seize it. Um, so I'm curious, do you have such a thing in mind? Oh, I do. Oh, I do. Ooh, and I'm ooh. hoping that by the time this airs, it's in full, uh, full fruition. Oh, nice. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, and that deck is beautiful. So that's a new, and thank you for that reading. It definitely resonates for sure. Yeah, well, we can dive deeper into it if you want. Those. Oh my goodness. You know, well, you like know what? So, minute. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting is um, the King of Cups, which is not like a card that I typically like. In when I, especially like when I pull cards for myself, or like other people are pulling cards for me, that I typically get like kind of like the same round of the usual suspects. Um, King of Cups though has been coming up a lot more 
recently okay. like my last like two times I've kind of every couple of days I'll just kind of do like a quick like check-in for myself mm-hmm. and just kind of see like where I kind of might need to shift focus or what's what's going really well or you know because I use I use hero for myself just as like a time to sit down and check in kind of thing and um and king of cups has come up like the past three times which is interesting because that's not a card that I typically usually I get like you know the magician comes up for me or like ace of pentacles or um the empress like a lot like that's you know so king of cups has been been new so uh fun story uh so I have a court card class (laughs) awaken the court cards and there's a workbook that goes along with it that you can buy separately um so I will send you the tarot spread for that. Don't share it because people need to buy the book if they want it <laughs> <laughs> or take the class and they get the book for free. Yeah. Um, but uh, it will help you connect with the King of Cups and see like, what is it within the King that's trying to speak to me? If you are unsure, if you're sure, don't worry about it. Um, but you may, uh, you may find that there's a special little message for you to help make sense of it because it does feel like, you know, with that four of swords, there is a little bit of downtime that's still needed before the fruition, um, yeah. before things can come to fruition. Yeah. That, that damn four of swords. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like that one is specifically targeting me all the time <laughs> because like, I don't rest. Yeah. And like, and I tell people to rest. This is the thing. Like, it's yeah. very much do as I say, not as I do, because like, I am go, go, go. But lately my body has been like, no, no, we're not doing this anymore. We are sleeping. Like my body is going on strike (laughs) this week. I was out with some friends last night and we were sitting at like just a a dinner and my, I, I'm such a hypochondriac. Sometimes I was like, you guys, I think I'm having like a walking heart attack. (laughs) And then, then, (laughs) and then I'm like describing my symptoms and I'm also like, slowly withdrawing from caffeine because I, Mm. I drink just a lot of caffeine throughout the day. And, um, one of them, she's a, uh, she's a physician's assistant. And she was like, please stop giving me your symptoms because I'm going to have to refer that you go to the ER. And I was like, you know what, maybe I'm just dehydrated. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm just tired from lack of caffeine. Yeah. Then maybe that's it. So, um, definitely feeling that, that rest what advice would you give people because you are I admire how like kind of grounded and like well-rounded you are at least that's how you seem so (laughs) thank you (laughs) what would you what's some advice that you would give to people who are like you know they know they need rest but like perhaps they can't like maybe they've got full-time job they're going through two school programs and they see clients not not giving anyone specific yeah who that could be (laughs) But like, what would what what advice would you give to this anonymous person? <laughs> right. This, uh, I'm trying to think of a name that rhymes with Avis. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So from Avis, um, I would recommend. Uh, and actually, I should say I get the Four of Swords and the Ten of Wands a mm. lot. <laughs> like I'm in the same boat. Like always going, always doing, feeling like I always need to produce. Yeah. Um, sometimes to the detriment of the things that I produce, not because the end result is bad, but because there's something like already stepping on its toes (laughs) as it's trying to get out. So um, I would say part of what helps me is that I find the things that I do to be very re-energizing. So they sort of, it takes away a little bit of that. However, um, I'm a big proponent of sort of the like mini nap, uh, right? The micro nap. Yeah. Where like, 10 minutes can actually be very fulfilling. You just set an alarm for 10 minutes. You know, if you're tired, you're going to fall asleep. Um, You know, maybe if you have other sort of like underlying conditions, you may just have intrusive thoughts for 10 minutes, but honestly, just closing your eyes for 10 minutes is very helpful (laughs) for your brain. Um, I'm also a big fan and this I do not do, but I really should. uh, Like if you can't go to the gym for your like, hour or 90 minute exercise or whatever just do like 10 squats and then later on do like 10 push-ups and then later on just do you know like go outside and just walk around right like Hmm. it is you're not going to get the same sort of cardio boost that you would get from like 60 minutes of intense hit training um or hit exercises 
but you will be moving your body and sort of reawakening and re-energizing. And for a lot of people, they, they just can't do more and something is better than nothing. And something sort of consistent is better than something intense, but inconsistent. Awesome. So are you ready for my other favorite part of this, uh, this little program, which is rapid fire questions? Yeah. Okay. Let me know when we can start. I'm curious. Do you think that you will take some naps or uh, oh, do some shorter exercises? I'm de- not, sh- I don't know. I really love my gym time, but shorter naps for sure. Yeah. I love my gym time too. Shorter um, naps. It's been, I've been going with a KN95 mask and like, you can't do a lot of burpees with KN95 mask on. <laughs> uh, I bless you for doing burpees at all. No, which is funny because this, so the show is uh, sponsored by SKT training. Um, my friend Spencer, and um, he's an amazing trainer and uh, coach. He does online programming. Um, so Spencer, if you're listening, no burpees, please. And thank you. <laughs> um, so all right rapid fire questions are you ready right totally okay what is your favorite horrible movie oh my god i'm not even ready for that one uh horrible movie how are you defining horrible movie however you interpret that question oh jesus um i'm the first one that comes to mind is serial mom that's a really good horrible movie. <laughs> that is the very definition of a horrible movie <laughs> share or madonna Madonna. What's your favorite way to spend a rainy Saturday afternoon, even though you live in Phoenix and it's mostly sunny, but let's pretend it's raining. Uh, I really enjoy drinking coffee in a cafe with a journal and my tarot cards. What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Uh, Right now it's check my phone, (laughs) (laughs) but I hate that. It honestly just like my, my eyes actually cry when I do that. Uh, it, it's just such an addiction right now. Ideally, it would be like, think about where I want to be five years from now to create my dreams. That's the answer it should be, but that's not what it is. <laughs> Happiness or money? Happiness. How do you define success? Doing something that you are proud of and excited to share with the people in your life. If coffee were illegal what would oh my god be <laughs> i'm sorry i did not hear the second half of that question because i was so shook by the first half <laughs> if coffee were illegal what would its street name be oh my friends and i actually call it yayo which is street name for something else <laughs> favorite cartoon <laughs> favorite cartoon uh when you were growing up scooby-doo Who's your favorite Scooby-Doo character? Velma, because I'm a nerd. (laughs) Go out dancing or go to a nice dinner with friends? Assuming, um, you know, no new variant or anything like that, I would say go out dancing. (laughs) Favorite genre of music? What I would, or what my friends would describe uh, on my behalf as lesbian folk. (laughs) ever since high school like 1996 and on like Ani DeFranco Dar Williams who I don't believe is lesbian um Tori Amos Indigo Girls like give me all of them too funny (laughs) I can't get past lesbian folk um (laughs) Uh, if you had, if your life had a mascot, what would the mascot be? Um, I, I was going to say elephant because that's sort of the animal that comes up regularly for me, but I actually had like an image of an oak tree. So I'm going to say oak tree as a non-animal mascot. Who would play you in the biopic of your life if it were a movie? Oh God, who? Um, uh, 
I don't know who uh, who should play me. I'll say Bradley Cooper because when I had more hair, that's what people uh, that's who people thought I looked like. I could see that. I could definitely see that. What's the last book you read? Oh God, um, what was it called? Well, I the last thing that I uh, audio book that I listened to <laughs> we'll say was the second uh, installment of the Sandman books, which I have all of in hard copy and I've read them all. Um, but that was the last audiobook. Thomas, this was so great today. Where can people find you? Uh, the most active place would be on Instagram under Hermit's Mirror. So that's uh, Hermit S. Mirror. Uh, and then I'll just, you know, no punctuation or anything crazy like that. And then my website would be the next place, hermitsmirror.com. <laughs> uh, and yeah, those places should be plenty. Um, and then you can sign up for my newsletter and get more insights and things like that from there. And this is airing roughly mid-March. So you have a new deck Mm -hmm. that is currently on Kickstarter. Yes. And when will that be available for the the masses to purchase and help you sell out? (laughs) Uh, It will be available for pre-order as soon as the uh, Kickstarter comes down, which will be mid-March. Um, it probably won't ship until July or August. So, um, yeah, so soon, not super soonish. If you need something in the meantime, however, I have two other decks and classes. So, and if you are wanting to learn a little bit more about tarot, I highly recommend, um, some coaching time with Thomas. He is just amazing and super knowledgeable and helpful and kind. So Thomas, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Travis. This was super fun. And I apologize that I'm not uh, as good at rapid fire as I probably should be. I can read the tarot cards more quickly than I can answer (laughs) rapid fire questions. (laughs) I don't know if you caught on that. (laughs) Thank you, Thomas. Talk to you later.